loving it. Oh, uh, we are loving it. Ba da ba ba ba, bitches. What? Um, you know, like I'm loving it. Like, we don't make me feel weird. Don't make me feel weird. No, you're weird. I know. I'm weird. And you know, I'm I'm happy to be here. And same. Here is crime culture. We are crime culture. We no, are. We're not. That's Haley. I'm Caitlin. We, that's who we are. But collectively, collectively, we're yeah. all crime culture, comrade. Um. Hey. Hey. Guess what? What's up? Haley doesn't know what I'm about to tell her. Neither do y'all. But Haley Uh-oh. doesn't know what I'm about to tell her. Um. Haley, I diverged from the schedule. <gasps> I was like, I'm, I'm actually, gonna surprise Haley. I'm actually excited. <laughs> That's what I thought. I thought you would be. I was like, I mean, I took unless a you're doing unless you're doing an episode that I was supposed to do, then I'm not excited. I don't think you were supposed to do this one. I guess we'll find out. I guess we're gonna find out. But uh, I just wasn't in the mood for the uh, episode on redacted that we were gonna talk about. So. Uh-huh. I was like, you know what? We're going to do something that's a little bit pride themed. Look at us. It's our podcast. We're allowed to fucking change shit that people don't even know. Exactly. People and weren't it was even on aware. The schedule. It just, I was like, I'm moving things. This is Hell what yeah. I'm doing now. Um, we're going to talk about the, the, the listeners already know this, but again, Haley doesn't know. Uh, um, we're going to talk about gay icon <gasps> Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher on a true crime podcast. (laughs) All right, well, I love her. I do too. The nanny. We love her. Yes, the nanny. Yeah. Yep. The very same. Mm -hmm. And the beautician from the Beautician and the Beast. Yes, we've talked about that. Excellent movie. Have we? Yeah, when I did the episode on uh, the real Beauty and the Beast. (gasps) That's right. We did. Oh my god. No, I wasn't even thinking about that. I just, I, I love Fran Drescher. I was in the mood to talk about Fran Drescher, and so I said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to talk about Fran Drescher. I will say, uh, for people, because obviously nobody knows what was the originally scheduled episode, this is a departure. This is like, (laughs) picture, picture... The opposite. Quite honestly, quite honestly, the episode that was supposed to be today was for the straights. This one is for the girls, the gays, and the theys. Okay, I like it. Yep. Um... Because Fran Drescher also, this is technically an I survived. Mm. Yes. And so, honestly, we don't give her enough credit. Okay. And also, it's pride. And also, I just love Fran Drescher. I was binging the nanny before you and I got on this, this like, recording. Like <laughs> Perfect. All right. Yes. Let's, let me hear about it. We will, we will talk about it. We will, we will talk about it now. Uh, so, Fran Drescher was born Francine Joy Drescher, fitting name because she sparks joy, on September 30th, 1957, in the borough of Queens in New York City, New York, Mm -hmm. as the younger daughter of Sylvia, a bridal consultant, and Morty, a naval systems analyst. And unsurprisingly, Drescher lived in Queens the entirety of her childhood. She was raised Jewish. She was, you know, like just hanging around, and she Mm -hmm. attended the now-defunct Parsons Junior High School in Flushing. And when she was 15 years old, she met Peter Mark Jacobson while attending Hillcrest High School in Jamaica, Queens, and the two quickly fell in love. And spoiler alert, high school sweethearts. Cute. Adorable. We love it. We love to see it. You love to see it. And in 1973, she was named first runner-up for the Miss New York Teenager pageant Mm. because, like, look at her. Okay. She's a fucking uh, piece. I didn't even know that that was a thing (laughs) that you could win, but sure. Oh, there's a ton of them. There's Mrs. Versions. There's like, there's so many. Um, I have a friend who does pageants. So the things that I know now, 
after becoming friends with her i'm like oh i didn't know many of these things interesting um excellent story caitlin keep going um so after graduating from hillcrest in 1975 alongside future fellow star and fellow future star and comedian ray romano they mm. were in the same graduating class interesting okay. everybody loves raymond so if you don't know him how could you not everyone yeah. loves him um drescher and jacobson went to queen's college which is a city university of new york but they dropped out in their first year because, quote, all the acting classes were filled, end quote, which is just all right. a fucking plus. So then they decided together that they were going to enroll in cosmetology school. And then ultimately they got married when they were 21. Very nice. Yes. So Drescher continued to try to make it big in show business with her first big break being a small role as a dancer named Connie in the 1977 movie Saturday Night Fever. In which she asked John Travolta's character, Tony Manero, which I feel like I need to say with, like, the Italian fingers, Mm -hmm. Tony Manero. Um, She asks him, quote, so are you as good in bed as you are on the dance floor? End quote. That was her big thing. That That was was her her, big break. That was her first foray into Hollywood. That was, yes. All right. Um, So her star continued to rise throughout the rest of the 1970s and 80s. Uh, Lots of guest roles on TV shows, and she had a very memorable role in the 1984 mockumentary This is Spinal Tap as Mm -hmm. publicist Bobby Fleckman. And she also had an appearance in in a second season episode of Who's the Boss in 1985 as an interior decorator. And both of these roles in particular are kind of important to the Fran Drescher cinematic universe because... It would they would go on to be referenced in her show, The Nanny, mm-hmm. um, because she took heavy inspiration from Who's the Boss. It ended a year before The Nanny started, and it, she even guest starred as the character of Bobby Fleckman on an episode of The Nanny, in addition to playing her titular oh, character. All right, yes, but this is a true crime episode. Mm-hmm. This is a true crime podcast, so. Yeah. Now we're going to get to the not so fun part. So mm-hmm. um, I am going to issue some trigger warnings, some assault, home invasion, and sexual assault trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. And in January 1985, a 27-year-old dresser and Jacobson had invited a friend of theirs over for dinner one evening. And the three were enjoying their meal when two armed men who did happen to be brothers um, wasn't able to find their names. And honestly, good. Fuck them. Um, They broke into Drescher and Jacobson's home and began to rob them and their apartment. This is in Queens still? No, this is their apartment in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Um, So Drescher later told CNN that the men physically just kind of ambushed Jacobson and attacked him, Mm. uh, kicked his ass, and then he was, quote, tied up and blindfolded, end quote, and... While one brother ransacked their apartment, the other one raped Drescher and their friend at gunpoint while Jacobson was forced to witness the assault. Oh, my God. And like anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that home invasion is like literally one of my greatest fears. Yeah, I'm sorry, baby. That is the epitome of like my nightmares. That is horrifying. Yeah. Think about it. She got married at 21. And Yeah. yeah, she's married. She's in her apartment, not to spark more fear in you, but like... Yeah, at dinner, and had a friend over for dinner. Like just that's, a casual dinner, yeah. That's insane. And and they broke through, like, I'll, I'll, well, I'll tell Does you Does it say quote. what year this is? 1985, January 1985. 1985. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 
<laughs> so in a 2017 two-part interview with Australian talk show Studio 10, Drescher and Jacobson opened up about the horrific home invasion um, and kind of just rehashed it. And they explained, quote, we were home having dinner with a friend. They broke the door down. It was locked. You That's try to wild. live. You try to get through it alive. The police said whatever you did, you did it right because you're alive. Yeah. End quote. Uh, Jacobson also told Studio 10, quote, the whole rape experience was so surreal because people who talk about having guns in the house and things like that, it would not have helped us. It yeah. could not have. It, it could have been used against us. There was no time unless you're going to walk around with a gun pointed 24 hours a day. End quote. Yeah. So after committing such horrific acts, the men then fled the scene in Drescher's car, which they had filled with her and Jacobson's possessions and mm. just disappeared. So in a 2002 interview with Larry King on CNN, Drescher said, quote, at the time, it didn't seem to hurt the marriage. But I think we both became very frightened people after that and very codependent people, very all clumped up with each other. We were very scared about things and we put bars on our house and nothing was ever really the same again. And I just at much later on, a good decade later, I started to feel the repercussions of it. End yeah. quote. Yeah. She also later told People Magazine that after the attack, she found it too difficult to even tell her parents about the rape or the trauma that she was having that was stemming from it, mm. saying, quote, after the rape, my friends knew, but I couldn't even call my parents and tell them, end quote, saying that she didn't want to cause them any, quote, additional stress, end quote, and that, quote, I had my sister tell them, end quote. It could be so hard to talk about. Like, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't have to tell anybody that is going to make you uncomfortable. Like, well... Like you want your parents to be there for you and everything, but I understand not like wanting to stress them out and and all that. Yeah, but like, they're back in Queens. Yeah, and you you know they would feel like they need to be with you at that time, and then that causes you more stress because you're causing them distress. It's it's there's nothing anything good about the situation. No, and she also has gone on record saying that like after kind of going through therapy later on. Um, which we will kind of talk about, um, that she realized that she was something of a people pleaser. And so I'm sure that that had an effect as well. Oh, in yeah. That she was like, I don't want people to feel, I don't want my parents to feel the way that I am feeling right now. Yeah. Um, not to obviously put words in her highness's mouth, but. Um, so it took Drescher many years to emotionally and psychologically recover from this mm -hmm. trauma. And it took her even longer to tell her story to the press, telling King, quote, back in those days, I didn't want to burden other people with my pain. And so I sort of tucked it away and picked myself up and dusted myself off and just marched on, end quote. She ultimately went public with her experience over a decade later in her 1996 autobiography, Enter Whining, which has a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads. Mm -hmm. And Drescher later told Studio 10 that she was incredibly moved when she learned that she had touched a chord with other sexual assault survivors by opening up about her experience, saying, quote, there were women that asked me to sign that particular chapter. I didn't write the book until I was already famous, like 10 years later. I thought if people can see where I went from that low point to where I am now, maybe it'll help inspire other women and men, for that matter, who have been sexually assaulted to move on to feel your pain, then try and pick up the pieces and put yourself back to get back up together. Mm -hmm. You'll never be the same, but whatever that is, then forge forward with that. Turn your pain into purpose, which is what I always do, end quote. The trauma of that night also caused Jacobson to seek counseling, which led him to realize that he was gay. Mm -hmm. The couple divorced in 1999, with Jacobson coming out about two years later, and their friendship continues to go strong to this day, with Drescher telling people in 2020, quote, 
I now lovingly refer to Peter as my gay ex-husband, end quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they like, they were colleagues, they were collaborators, like, business-wise and artistically, which we'll get into, like, in addition to being married. So it's just like, it was like, I, I, I just, I can't imagine. Um, Mm -hmm. Not the, not the, that he came out, but just like, I can't imagine what that must have been like for him to see not just like your, your wife, but like she's in your life in so many other ways. Yeah. Just like, I can't deal with that. But Drescher continues to speak out about her assault in an effort to help others in an essay published in in style magazine in 2019 about the effect, the trauma about the effect, the traumatic event had on her afterwards. Drescher explained, quote, I didn't really get into my feelings or my vulnerabilities. I never wanted to come off as weak, so I just kind of buried it and got on with life. For the next 15 years, I focused on working extra hard, making everybody else happy and being a caregiver. I was busy with the nanny, and I lived in the oxygen-thin air of people of other people saying how hard I worked and how nice I was, end quote. Mm. She encouraged other women to learn from her past and take active control of their lives, saying, quote, don't ignore something and hope it goes away or drive yourself into an early grave because you feel like you have too much stuff to do for everyone else. That is a pitfall women often experience. I'm here to say stop that, mm-hmm. end quote. You tell him, Fran. Um, so Drescher told King that it was, quote, disheartening to learn that the rapist, her rapist, had previously been incarcerated and had been released Mm-hmm. But she helped get justice for herself and his other victims by helping authorities identify and eventually capture him, saying, quote, I ended up because I have a photographic memory helping the police do the artist's sketch of what he looked like. Based off of that, they were able to apprehend him, end quote. That's wild. Mm-hmm. She added, quote, I have at least the closure, which a lot of women sadly do not have, but I do, that he's locked away now for good. And we'll never do that again. And I don't have to think I see him every time I turn a corner. Yeah. She told King that both brothers were ultimately sent to prison, saying, quote, the rapist got two life sentences because there were many women. He was on a rampage. And unfortunately, he was also on parole. So needless to say, I'm not high on parole. But and then I think that the other brother obviously got less time. End quote. Hmm. Um, so just like uh, I did more research into that, like literally she and her friend were part of a string like he was on a rape rampage wow and she helped apprehend him and yeah, so that's and what I mean like she got justice for herself and others and not to make like general like sweeping generalizations mm-hmm. or like wild assumptions but we have covered cases where it starts as a, a multiple a string of rapes yes and, and escalates and escalates quite quickly so you don't know if this guy could have escalated so yeah, how I mean, many how many yeah. people could she have saved by helping put this guy away yeah and like look, look at how violent they were with he was with her husband at the time like but how but also to say that they didn't kill they like they could have killed him i and there's so there's something weird there because how bold to like straight up knock down the door to get in like like not going while people are asleep or checking doors that are unlocked or casing. I mean, I don't know if they case this property beforehand, but like, why would you also break into a house where there's you're outnumbered? There's three people. Like, I I think that is planning on catching them off guard. And and don't forget they were probably like at least high on adrenaline. Again, they broke down a locked door. Yeah. Yeah. That's like insanity. Yeah. Again, not helpful for your nightmares tonight, I know. But No, not at all. Um, so yeah, 
so, however, while noting that she was able to get to a better place by addressing her trauma, Drescher explained to King, quote, nothing totally goes away. They leave their thumbprints on you for the rest of your life, end quote. Yeah. So after the attack, Drescher and Jacobson, who at this time was like a producer, director, and writer, she was a producer, writer, and actress. Um, they continued to both work steadily in Los Angeles, though they had yet to become kind of like household names. That all changed, however, in October 1991, when the CBS sitcoms Drescher was starring in, Princesses, was canceled. Drescher remained good friends with one of the co-stars of the show, Twiggy, her co-stars on the show, Twiggy, and she was on a flight to London to actually visit her friend and her friend's family when she coincidentally was sat next to CBS executive Jeff Sagansky mm. and convinced him to set up a development meeting about a show that she was working on when she returned to Los Angeles. Interesting. So here's what I've gathered. Here's the thing, though. Um, from what I've, I've, I've seen in my research, um, she didn't have a show. <laughs> Yeah, she just happened to be sitting next to this guy and knew she had to hustle. Yeah, and so that that she did. Yeah. Because she makes it to London, and she's hanging out with Twiggy and her kids, and she comes up with the idea for this TV show. And then she goes to her husband, and she's like, I have this idea for a TV show. And together they created, like, he helped her flesh out. It was her idea, but the nanny. Mm-hmm. So for those who are unfamiliar, on this sitcom, Drescher stars as a Jewish woman from Queen named, Queens named Fran Fine. Sound familiar? And she casually becomes the nanny of three wealthy children, Maggie, Brighton, and Grace Sheffield, and shows them and their widower father, who's this like stuffy, proper British Broadway producer named Maxwell Sheffield, who's played by Charles Shaughnessy. Whom, who is the, the dad the, in My Dad's Got a Date with a Vampire? Mom's no, Got a, mom's date, with got a, a vampire, date with a Vampire. And he is the vampire hunter. No, yeah. he's the vampire. He's the vampire. He's the vampire. Robert yeah, yeah. Carradine, Lizzie McGuire's dad, is the vampire hunter. Caroline Ray is the mom. Who is Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Sabrina the Teenage Witch and... Hilda. Hilda. You gotta watch yes. this movie. It's a Disney Channel original it's a, classic. It's a great movie. Mom's it's got a date with the vampire. Movie. It's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. And he is a great actor, and I love him, and I just, I love it all. Um, but yeah. So... Basically, after pitching the show to Sagansky, he quickly was like, yeah, we're going to produce this. And the rest was history. So the series took inspiration from Drescher's own life in other ways. For example, besides Nanny Fine being a Jewish woman from Queens named Fran, um, the names of her character's parents and older sister on the show were or her sister on the show were the same as those of her real life parents, Sylvia and Morty, and her older sister, Nadine. Uh huh. Uh, furthermore, the character of Grandma Yetta was also named after Drescher's real-life great-grandmother, Yetta. And the names of the children that Fran Fine cares for, Brighton and Grace, two of the kids of the three, they were actually names that Drescher and Jacobson had picked out for if and when they had children. Aww. Yes, but it gets better. Because also, the character of Cece, who's kind of the antagonist, she's this, like, bitchy lady, um, She, her dog Chester was not only named after Drescher's dog, Chester. It fucking was Drescher's dog, Chester. Oh, really? Yes, yes. It was a whole family affair. According to IMDb, the show was, like, literally more so of a family affair than most shorts, uh, shows because the production company that Drescher and Jacobson had, High School Sweethearts, produced seasons three through six. And they, it, Drescher and Jacobson would often hire 
their friends and relatives to be regulars and guest stars and like crew members and people on the production team. That's so cool. And she she said in one, I think it was with the interview with Studio 10, she said it's somebody. Um, she was saying that she would have like outside people guest star and they all would be like, floored because they were they were just like it's like a family here yeah like but not in the like toxic work environment way just like everybody truly just loves each other yeah and has so much fun together and like they would go on to collaborate like after the show ended a lot of the people that she worked with she'd go on to collaborate with like in the future she's got she's had other shows where like charles shaughnessy plays her ex-husband and again, like I said, her her ex her her gay ex husband ha- like continues yeah, yeah. to collaborate with her creatively, and so it's just it was really just it's it's unprecedented. If you haven't seen this show, it's a great show. But upon its premiere in 1993, the sitcom actually initially drew poor ratings and was almost canceled. Mm. Uh, but Sagnansky. Sig- pushed the network to give the show a chance saying that he believed they really had something special and pointed to the pilot because apparently it had historically high test numbers okay and he was like that wouldn't happen if this wasn't like a fucking gold mine and she again like heavily borrowed kind of the tropes from who's the boss which was another wildly successful sitcom from the 80s going into the 90s that had ended a year before yep um so what do you know it did. It fucking skyrocketed. And Drescher became an instant star. She received two Emmy and two Golden Globe nominations over the course of the show's six-year run until it was canceled in 1999. And The Nanny has a 7 out of 10 on IMDb with over 43,000 reviews. Damn. A, a 95% Google score and an 82% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics consensus, quote, Brand Drescher elevates the nanny's formulaic writing with, cu- with, excuse me, with chutzpah, hairspray, and a one-of-a-kind comedic performance, end quote. Mm-hmm. You can watch it for free on Tubi or Pluto TV, like I was doing just moments before. Or if you're rich, you can subscribe to HBO Max and watch it there. Or um, you can use your father-in-law's account. And <laughs> yes, or you there. can do what Haley does. <laughs> um, unless you're HBO Max and you're planning on doing what Netflix is planning on doing, in which case, what? Oh, that you can't use. Who said that? What? (laughs) I think they recently like started trying to do it, and it's not going well. So who? HBO Max or Netflix? No, Netflix. Yeah, it's not going well. You can't stop this train. (laughs) You did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. (laughs) Take away the animation department. See what happens. Um, So almost a year exactly after the series finale of the nanny, we've got highs and lows here, babe. Um, On June twenty first, two thousand. So. Over the course of the nanny, like, Fran Drescher was beginning to, like, not feel very well. Mm. And after about two years of painful symptoms and misdiagnoses by eight doctors, Drescher was admitted to Los Angeles Senior Sinai Hospital after her ninth doctor diagnosed her with uterine cancer and said she needed to immediately undergo a radical hysterectomy to treat the disease. Um so she had everything she she said that she was hollowed out like a barbie doll <sighs> um but it did eradicate the cancer um i mean we hear more and more that like women's symptoms are not being treated as as severe as mm-hmm. they're saying like if mm-hmm. you do not feel well and you feel that there's something wrong you stick to your gut and you find a doctor that is going to listen to you yes because that Even is if it unacceptable takes nine. Yeah, it's unacceptable that she needs to go to nine doctors for something that could kill you. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, oh, girl, wait. 
So she later told Larry King, quote, my surgeon, ultimately doctor number nine, said that there is no reason why I should have gone for two years with cancer without being diagnosed for this. I had every symptom of uterine cancer except the profile for women with u- except the profile for women with uterine cancer is changing. Younger, thin women are getting it, whereas in the past it was always postmenopausal women or obese women. End quote. Mm-hmm. However, her experience inspired her to speak out about the challenges women face in the healthcare system, because <laughs> if you're in the U.S., uh, ladies, we're not listened to. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're not. Yeah. Um, but she told King, quote, I was angry that it took two years to get diagnosed because I, don't, I thought, don't let what happened to me happen to you, because I felt like I'm a celebrity. I got cancer. It wasn't handled right by the medical community. I lived to talk about it, and I should use my celebrity to wake people up, because once you wake up and smell the coffee, it's hard to go back to sleep, end quote. Yeah. Drescher wrote about her experiences in her second book, Cancer Schmancer, which was published in 2002 and has a 92% Google score and a 3.9 out of 5 on Goodreads. And in the book, she writes, quote, my whole life has been about changing negatives into positives, end quote. Yeah. Love that for her. She later told Larry King that her purpose for writing it was to raise awareness for men and women, quote, to become more aware of the early warning signs of cancer and to empower themselves, end quote, saying, quote, I was going to learn what I needed to learn, ask questions, become partners with my doctor instead of having some kind of parent-child relationship, end quote. Mm-hmm. Dresser's experiences also led her to establish the Cancer Schmancer Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to women's cancers, in June 2007. She later told Page Six that her, quote, passion, end quote, and, quote, life mission, end quote, is, quote, trying to have the American public and the world, for that matter, pivot from trying to fix and end symptoms and to pivot and ask ourselves, what are we doing in our lives that's making us so sick in the first place, end quote. Mm. Because, like she said, for example, a doc- one doctor said something to her, like, I would order a biopsy, but you're too young. And so she was, like, just kind of so excited about the fact that, like, she was too young for anything that she was just like, okay. And yeah. then, like, a bunch of other doctors were like, oh. Like, they, they took it off the table. Like, oh, this yeah. can't be it because you're too young for it. Yeah. Well, it does happen. Well, and and even more, a bunch of them were just like, oh, you need birth control. Because she was having pain after sex. She was having, like, breakthrough bleeding, they called it. When, like, you bleed when you're not supposed to be, when, you're, when you've got a vagina. Yeah. Or a uterus. Um, and so she was, ju- they were just like, oh, it's your hormones are out of whack. Oh, you're premenopausal, all this stuff. When in actuality, it was literally cancer that yeah, was causing yeah. all of this. Yeah. Um, and she was just like, and better, even better, the estrogen in this birth control was making it worse. Yeah. And she had no idea. Like, by some miracle, she, she after two years, still had stage one. And That's many people wild. are not that lucky. It, yeah, yeah, it could progress a lot quicker than that. Yeah. So... She also says that she believes that the stress and trauma of being raped 15 years before her diagnosis were factors that led to her diagnosis. Maybe, say, yeah. Telling Page Six that she believed that the trauma and like from not addressing her, like that from not addressing her trauma, that weakened her immune system. Wow. And she said, quote, I experienced trauma as a rape victim. And for years, I really didn't dive into how it impacted me emotionally. I just kind of got on with my life. Yeah, I think it's, you know, not a coincidence that I didn't deal with being raped and ended up with gynecological cancer, end quote. Mm. She said in her InStyle essay, quote, it was strange and kind of poetic that my reproductive organs of all things had cancer. But it was also an amazing affirmation that pain finds its way to exactly the right place in the body if you don't deal with it. 
Since mm. I hadn't been paying attention to my own vulnerabilities, my pain from the rape lodged itself in my uterus. No one else around me had cancer. That was a rude awakening, end quote. She also told Page Six that she really believes that toxic exposure was another factor, saying, quote, Americans are in a revolving door of toxic exposure, chronic illness, and drug dependency, end quote, and that we have to, quote, break the shackles, end quote, and, quote, start examining what is weakening our immune system, why our bodies are reacting in a way that's chronic illness, end quote. Hmm. Another thing that she had said to Larry David was that, I believe it was the ninth doctor that was talking to her, maybe it was the eighth, one of them had said basically like, what had kind of probably also made her like susceptible was that her first period basically like this is not medical terms i'm not great with medical shit um that so there's like kind of there can be like a misfire okay. when you get your first period and if there is that specific misfire there's a medical term for it but i don't remember what it is and quite honestly i don't think i'd even be able to pronounce it if i could um but this misfire is what predisposes you to uterine cancer and uh. the doctor said to her for example she and her husband at the time were too busy to try to have children they wanted to have children but they were too busy and her doctor was like if you had tried to conceive you probably would have been able to conceive but you probably wouldn't have been able wouldn't have been able to like carry to term really and that would have been the indicator okay um and so just very again she like really got up in arms and she's received so many fucking awards for her activism over this in addition mm -hmm. to her her artistic career yeah um but and and it keeps getting better because in september 2008 uh drescher was appointed as a u.s diplomat by george w bush's administration's secretary of state goli amiri and her official title was public diplomacy envoy for women's health issues and as part of her work, she traveled around the world to support U.S. public diplomacy efforts, including working with health organizations and women's groups to raise to raise awareness, to raise awareness of women's health issues, cancer awareness and detection, and patient empowerment and advocacy. Mm. And that was for not just like necessarily like women's health, women's health, but also like trauma survivors, yeah, and things like that, like just really like getting women listened to mm -hmm. and getting women the help that they need. Yeah. All over the world. And not to mention, she was a Democrat and a Republican appointed her to this position. Yeah. The power of the nanny. Anyway, so in 2010, Drescher returned to television with her own daytime talk show, The Fran Drescher Talk Show. T-A-W-K, because you gotta. Talk. And talk. But due to only moderate success during its three-week, re I can't speak today, three-week run, um, the project was ultimately shelved. It started out strong, but then it kind of just petered out and they uh -huh. shelved it. They were like, oh, well, we might continue this. And then it just didn't happen. And then the next year, Drescher co-created another sitcom with Jacobson, Happily Divorced, which was based on their real life relationship and co-starred John Michael Higgins as Peter, who some of you may know from Best in Show, or he was one of the announcers in Pitch Perfect opposite Elizabeth Banks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he played Peter, a.k.a. Peter Jacobson. Peter Mark Jacobson. Um, and the series was picked up by TV Land and premiered on June 15th, 2011. And to promote Happily Divorced, Drescher became an ordained minister with the Universal Life Church Monastery so that she could legally officiate gay wedding ceremonies and perform the weddings of three gay couples in New York City, each of which she had handpicked as part of a Facebook contest Fran Drescher's Love is Love Gay Marriage Contest. Oh, my God. In which entrants submitted stories about how they met, why their relationship illustrated that love is love, 
and why they wanted to be married by Drescher specifically. Wow. And honestly, I want to start this contest just so I can read love stories. Because I feel like that's what she did. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> um, and so while I would venture to argue that, because if you've seen any of her outfits in The Nanny, Fran Drescher was, an, was a gay icon before, but this pretty much sealed the deal for her. Yeah. Because, like, she's sitting there and she's like, oh, y'all can get married now? Let's fucking go. She is the female Guy Fieri of the gay community. Yes. I would but, also recommend if uh, anybody is interested in getting ordained to perform any type of wedding. True. Uh the one that we used for our wedding cost like $60 and uh, you can use it pretty much anywhere. And my That's friend married bad. us and it's, it's better. True. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. It's better <laughs> than uh, any other ceremony you could possibly have. People are still mm -hmm. talking about how wonderful our ceremony was because the person that married us um, was really invested and didn't do multiple weddings in the same day and forget our names, which has happened to... Mm -hmm. uh, a string of people that I know that have gotten married. Well, so, and he, he watched your love story, for lack of a less corny way of saying it, blossom. Like he watched you guys. Yeah, just like the way grow the way I asked as a couple. The way I asked him to marry us is I gave him a card that said, meet me at the altar again, because literally we got baptized together, mm -hmm. like standing next to oh, each. Well, we weren't standing because we were infants. You were, we were being carried. We were being carried. Like we were basically beagles. we were basically bobbleheads. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so get married by a friend or marry your friends because I'm it's so fucking down. Fucking awesome. I don't even have to be your friend if y'all want to get married. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll pocket this. Or, or I won't pocket the sixty dollars, but I will foot the bill. Like I'll fucking do it. I love. I oh goddamn. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So ultimately, the series like that did really well because like the first season did really well because of all this notoriety and so it was renewed for a second season which 12 episodes started to do really well so tv land was like all right let's do another 12 episodes for season two after that though um after that extension it was canceled in august 2013 mm. but the series has a 6.7 out of 10 on imdb an 82 percent google score and a 44 percent tomato meter rating and 20 percent audience score on rotten tomatoes with the critics consensus quote Fans of Fran Drescher's signature nasal voice and comedy style may enjoy this sitcom throwback, but the poor punchlines and familiar theme will keep most viewers from staying committed to happily divorced, end quote. Haters gonna hate. Uh, again, 2022, the year of don't yuck in somebody else's yum. If you like something, you can like it. It doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure. Anything that you enjoy is a pleasure. And also that was homophobic critics consensus. I'm just gonna say it. Um... But yeah, so if you want to watch it, you can watch it on Paramount Plus or any streaming service through which you may get Paramount Plus. Um, and then in addition to her prolific career in television, Drescher has also been involved in the theater. Theater. In theater. In 2008, she played the character of Morgan Le Fay in a production of Camelot at Lincoln Center in New York City with the Fun. New York Philharmonic. And in March 2010, she starred alongside... Now, seriously, like this was... this is. I, I, the theater nerd in me kind of like lost her shit a little bit, but she starred in an off-Broadway production of Nora and Delia Efron's Love, Loss, and What I Wore, and part of the like, not the gimmick of it, because I hate that, the way of putting it that way, but so every month or so, they would change the cast entirely. Wow. As, as part cool. of the like, yeah, and, and the different casts were just unfucking real like they just kept getting bangers mm -hmm. so in march 2010 for that run it was i think like march 
23rd through 28th or something like that. She starred alongside Natasha Lyon or Leon yeah. from Orange is the New Black and Russian Doll. And yep. But I'm a cheerleader because, hello, it's Pride. Carol Kane from The Princess Bride and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, my God. Amazing. And uh, When a Stranger Calls. Yes. And When a Stranger Calls. Bringing Didi it back Khan. to true crime. Got to bring it back to true crime. Got to bring it back to that. We talked about that. We talked about yes, that, we did. that movie. Like, and home invasions. It comes back to all of it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't mean to sound so excited about home invasions. Um, you just Didi love Khan. terrifying me. I do. I'm sorry, baby. Well, but you'll like this. Didi Khan from Greece was in it. Like okay. Frenchie from Greece. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jane Howdyshell, who she's just a Tony Award winning Broadway actress, like list as long as my arm. Mm hmm like very good very good actress um she so that was the core group of women that she starred in this show with damn yeah and then on and and then nora and delia efron just like they're fucking goddesses like yeah when harry met sally um the no not the women what's that other one with diane keaton and and meg ryan um goodness gracious i'm not gonna be able to think of it now but um when Harry met Sally, there was, uh, goodness, what am I thinking of? Julie and Julia, um, Bewitched. I was just watching Bewitched the other night. Mm-hmm. I want to name my cat Lucinda. You've got male. Pretty much if it's if it's got Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks and it's not Joe versus the volcano, she probably did it. And Delia doesn't get as much credit, but Delia works on them, worked on them with her, okay. her sister. Um, and Nora Ephron was, I believe, married to one of the journalists who broke Watergate, if I remember correctly, because Ooh. there was like a fun story there where she was just like, she was able to figure out from her husband's notes who the person was, and he couldn't talk about who Deep Throat was, but anybody who at, who wanted to know, she'd be like, well, I think it's this person, and she was right. Damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, bringing Nora, it back to crime. Again, gotta bring it back to crime, and just Nora Ephron being a goddamn beast um RIP but yeah so on February 4th 2014 Drescher made her Broadway debut as the evil stepmother madame for a 10-week run in the revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella Incredible. again also technically bringing it back to true crime because like that's that's not what the what madame did was not cool no not cool at all no no she also went on to reprise the role during the North American Tours stop in Los Angeles from March through April 2015. And then for more Broadway. On January 8, 2020, it was announced that Drescher and Jacobson were writing the book for a musical adaptation of The Nanny. It sounds like it is perfect for Broadway. Oh, it gets it gets even more perfect because the the team writing the music our crazy ex-girlfriends Rachel Bloom and her husband Adam Schleisinger. Like Amazing. They, they, yeah, they are working on... And if you've seen Crazy crazy Ex-Girlfriend, I almost called it Crazy Rich Girlfriends. Both both Crazy Rich Asians and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend are great, but Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is a... If you love musicals, that is the series you should watch. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent series. Have you, okay, Haley, have you seen it? I, I started watching it, it and uh, oh. I fell asleep. It's iconic. No, 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 none of that, none of that. Um, it's got like Santino, um, Santino Fontana. Um, I think Skylar Aston is in it for a minute. Love Skylar Aston. And it's just, it's uh, going down a tangent. Uh, I just watched uh, Skylar Aston in the uh, doc about the reunion for Spring Awakening. Yeah, oh, there it is. Fantastic. Baby. If you have your father-in-law's HBO uh, account, 
Go watch it. Oh, God. See? More true crime. More true crime. <laughs> Fraud. So, Drescher told People Magazine that she would not be portraying the titular character, joking, quote, we'd have to change the title to The Granny, end quote. I'd but watch it. I would still watch it. That's the point. There was also, like, a joke... Like, there was a rumor that she joked about and people took it seriously because there was a rumor that they were going to reboot The Nanny with Cardi B. And um, she made some kind of a joke being like, yeah, like absolutely. It. Oh, I would. Are you kidding me? No. I would love it. But she made some kind of a joke that led people to believe that it was actually happening and she had to come out and be like, no, guys, that's not happening. Mm. Like, I'm so sorry, but also that's not happening. But the musical is... Um, it was announced in 2020, but as of this past May, the show is still in production and they're working on it. She said they're in a good place. This was literally like a couple of months ago, like a month and a half ago. All right. She, she was like, we're in a good place and it'll be about two years. So All right, sounds good. Hold on to your hats, babies. So now I'm going to close with another quote from Drescher, who she said this to Larry King on his show. And that is, quote, there's always rainbows. It's yin and yang, side by side, all the time, and it's our destiny and, I think, test and trial. When you're really in a dark place and quite grief-stricken to try and figure out what is positive about this, what can I take from this? How can I survive this? And go on with it and become a better person or learn how to deal with things better or open up to people. You know, I never used to open up to people about my problems. I always felt like I had to be the survivor. I had to be the strong one, the tough one. I had to be, you know, everyone's caretaker, everyone else's caretaker. I didn't reach out to anyone, anybody after the rape. And through the therapy, I realized that to be a whole person and a well-rounded person, you have to take as well as give. Otherwise, you end up emotionally bankrupt eventually, end mm. quote. So if you are a survivor of sex sexual assault, if you know of somebody who needs help in the wake of a sexual assault, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline here in the U.S. at 800-656-HOPE, which is 4673. Or you can visit hotline.rain.org slash online and you will receive help and support, which is confidential. Mm -hmm. um, and that is the story of Fran Drescher, the survivor, and also the nanny. But first, yeah. the survivor. Yeah. And happy pride, and I love her. I think I remember you, like spark noting this story for me a couple months ago and i was like i did not know that she went through any of that mm -mm. that is absolutely unimaginable yeah and the fact that like just that she like 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 she says that she just decided to like turn a negative into a positive and that she didn't let it stop her and that she didn't live her life like and I'm saying this from a perspective of like, I don't know that I wouldn't like she started to live her life in fear and decided not to do that anymore. And yeah. like I would have I would have lived my life in fear. I just I wouldn't have I I, yeah, I I'm have already, so much respect for her. I am I'm already, already afraid. My life in fear. Yes. Yeah, I'm already afraid of fucking home invasion. So I, I don't know if I would be able to like withstand life after that. I would simply pass away. But yeah, I just, I really admire her, and I really admire her story, and again, the girls, the gays, and the theys, like, we just, we love her, and yeah. she, she just, I don't know, man, like, I'm just really, and, like, I'm just really glad that, like, there's somebody else that you can turn to who's kind of more of a, like, because we have Elizabeth Smart, we have uh, Mary, oh, gracious, Mary, Mary Vincent, um, Mary Vincent, thank you, 
um, my my brain was telling me Mary, <laughs> my brain was telling me Mary Steenburgen, and I was like, no, that's not her. That's that's not that's not her. Um, but yeah, we have Mary Vincent, but it's it's almost refreshing to see somebody who it's it's so grave, and she tr- she chooses to take it like she even said like for example like with cancer schmancer that she takes something and she she doesn't mock it but she's kind of just like no i'm i'm bigger and stronger yeah i'm stronger than what happened to me yes and i'm going to like treat it like oh yeah you think you're gonna get me no you're not gonna get me and it's just it's there's something so great about that that we can have like both the seriousness of it and then also just the just the realness mm-hmm. of it um and yeah so fran drescher man like god bless i love god her bless. i love, I love her so much i love her so much like i'm not even like a like like a god bless type of person but just like god fuck fran yeah. drescher like i love her i can't say it enough i think we need to close this out before i say it anymore uh before we close this out I have been watching a couple of things on Netflix recently that I'm sure people have already seen, but I'm going to point you in the direction of, in case you haven't, you need to watch Our Father on Netflix, documentary about a um, OBGYN or fertility doctor that ended up using his sperm to impregnate uh, many, many women, Mm -hmm. and it was rough, and it's the, the, his uh his children that he yeah that Bio- uh, biologically only bio- yeah biologically only uh that brought him down so yeah. go watch that doc i think it's a it's either like one or two parts it's i don't think i think it might just be one i think it's a documentary not a series um but for a docu-series i think it's a four parts uh keep sweet pray and, and obey uh it's about the warren jeff's case so the Ooh. FLDS uh, that he had like 73 child brides, it is fucking Ooh. wild. So um, watch that. Watch Our Father. And I think there was another one, but I don't remember. I don't no, I think that's know it. what you watch. Happy Father's Day to all of our favorite fathers. Oh, and damn. Also I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to say um, two docus- documentaries that oh, are just like horrible. Shit, Haley. I didn't mean that. It's Netflix that <laughs> premiered them at the wrong Netflix's time. Netflix's fault. You know, Netflix, Netflix, if you just let us share our accounts, uh, then we wouldn't have this problem. Just release the second part of Stranger Things and I won't have to watch other shit, it's true. okay? It's true, it's true, it's true. I'm tired of running up that hill. It feels Sisyphean at this point. Just give me the goddamn ending. Um, but yeah, this has All been right. Crime Culture. This has been. And um, uh, you can go to our website, which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. You mm-hmm. can also go to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and our Patreon, where you can join for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. We have fun over there. You get episodes early. You get a postcard, which I mailed one to our newest one, our newest uh, patron. You're getting a postcard, hopefully soon, if it didn't hey. get lost in the mail. Our postcards are like a weird shape that apparently it costs more to send, which I didn't know when I ordered the fucking postcards. <laughs> but fuck, I hope you get them because they're fun. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's all that over there. So yeah. And there might be a little, who knows, a little, a little poll on there a maybe for those who 
who are on that poll tier where yeah. you get to choose what our next episode will be. And so, you get to choose between some wild choices. So choose yeah, wisely. Yeah, we got some choices this month. Like, choose wisely because uh, it's going to be nonstop action over here. Yeah. Um, so wild that I'm throwing my pens by accident. So wild. Um, but yeah, happy Father's Day for all the fathers. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you, it's your parent or you are a parent or you're a, a or you're cat a daddy. dad. Or you're a daddy. Or you're a cat yeah. dad or a dog dad. Yeah. So. Yeah. Happy, happy, or I mean, even if you, if you, I don't know, for some people, Father's Day might be rough. If, if it's, if it's a rough time for you, take some time for yourself. And you want to know something like not everybody, like Kaylee and I were blessed to, I hate, I hate, I gotta like find a synonym for blessed, man. Um, Haley and I were lucky enough to have great dads. And now I got two that's true you got two you got, yeah. I technically i got two too jeff you count jeff you count um but yeah just take some time for yourself it's understandable that like you know you may not have a dad in your life who but you probably have a father to figure. be in your life yes but there will always be people not even necessarily a father figure there will always be people who who will love you and lift you up and celebrate your achievements and cry with you for your um tragedies and just please try to remember that as difficult of a time as this may be and if you're a person who wishes they could be a father and you're struggling like it's just really just there's no there's no real way to to we're crossing all we don't understand we're crossing all our fingers and toes for you we're crossing all our fingers and toes but also at the same time like we could never understand your pain. We could never understand how this may be difficult for some, given that we are also not fathers um, or father adjacent. But just take 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 care of yourself. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself. And that goes for, for all of y'all. Just yeah. hang in there, fam. Everybody take care. Be kind. And we love you. you you're, you're wonderful. And... We'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. We almost said it in sync. God almost. damn it. Next Father's Day. Next one. We'll have it by the next one. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye.